I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. It's the big one, a big one. Cyhawk, Iowa at home against Iowa State. The first time since 2018 that the Cyclones will be inside Kinnick Stadium. The first time with that new look north end zone. Uh, and a raucous sold-out crowd. It's a 3 o'clock game on Saturday. And as we sit here today, Iowa, a three or three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. And my guest today covers Iowa State for CycloneFanatic.com. He is Jared Stansberry. Jared, what's up, man? Thank you for the time. Yeah, anytime, man. Uh, happy to do it. It's a big week, big week. Um, be, you know, before we dive into kind of Iowa State, and the, you know, the whole point of this podcast is to let Hawkeye fans get a, a closer look at the, the opposing team. Um this week brings out a lot of, of different types of people. I've seen media members and fans alike both lament and celebrate this week. And, and personally, in my you know, 25, 30 years of, of caring about this game, I've gone back and forth. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. How do you feel about this week in general? Uh, in general, probably not my favorite week of the year. Uh, I, just, I think that it's one of those things that it brings out the bad side of people sometimes. But at the same time, the game of it, I love the game. And I love the two sides going against each other because they're always so different. And it doesn't matter what sport it is, whether it's football you know, or basketball or, or, or anything else, where it, it just seems like both schools come at it from such a different way and you end up with such different teams. And you know, it's an opportunity for so many people to etch their names into, into kind of the lore of the state of Iowa, which I think is pretty cool. So uh, I love that part of it, but I don't love the side of it on the internet that brings out the hateful sides of people sometimes as well. Yeah, for sure. The, take out the social media part of it, and you're right. The games themselves and, and kind of the legacy-building part of this this game uh, in, in all sports uh, is, is really cool. All right, let's look at the Cyclones. Hunter Deckers, we heard a lot about him in the offseason, a, a lot of hype, a lot of good things coming out of Ames uh, as, you know, when it comes to him. He put up good stats and, and looked good for the most part, but for, for those of us who didn't actually watch the game, maybe just look at the box score, see the four touchdowns and the yards and the one interception. Uh, how did Hunter Deckers play? Did he live up to kind of the expectations of Cyclone fans in game one? Yeah, I think he absolutely did. And I think, too, he 
he, he played the kind of game that if you're Matt Campbell and your staff, you have to feel really good about just because, you know, there was a lot of good things. But then there's also the one interception that you can take back and kind of have your teaching tape, you know, and say, well, it wasn't perfect uh, because you did make this one mistake and you had a couple times where uh, things didn't go exactly as planned. But, I mean, man, I mean, I think the thing – that jumped out to me so much was when you watch Hunter drop back and throw the effortlessness of which he does things on the football field, throwing the football, how far in the distance and the, in the um, power he can put behind throws when he's, you know, not even able stepping into it. Like these are things that you, you sit there and you're like, man, this is like a big time quarterback, you know, and that's nothing against Brock Purdy, but it felt like there were times where everything Brock did, it took a lot more, effort I guess like it looked like he was having to try really hard and that was what I thought was kind of crazy watching Hunter the other days it's like man this guy doesn't even look like he's trying that hard and he's throwing these dots across the middle of the field you know at 98 miles an hour so obviously a much different kind of test you know coming up this week with a much better defense but uh, I thought for a game one against an FCS team that wasn't a very good team um, you know you you had to walk away from that feeling like he did everything that you had hoped that he would. How do you feel about him walking in, into Kinnick Stadium? I know he played uh, some in the Iowa game last year. I know he played some against Oklahoma in a tough environment there, but this will be his first kind of uh, going into a hostile environment as the starter. It's Iowa State's first time inside Kinnick since 2018, if you can believe that. Uh, and that, that north end zone has kind of changed things inside that stadium as far as the uh, the crowd impact and the, the noise factor. Um, any concerns, I guess, about Hunter Decker specifically starting in a hostile environment? I think my bigger concern would be with the offensive line probably than with uh, than with Hunter. I mean, I think especially like you mentioned with the false starts, that's obviously kind of become a thing over the last however many years since uh, since they finished that portion of the stadium. But uh, man, there's there's something about some of these guys. You get around them and you get to like understand their personality, and you see is this like someone who would be flappable in a situation like that? Man. Hunter just has kind of that quiet confidence of being like a, a mother effer, you know, like he just is like, man, I just want to go compete, you know? And, you know, he's talked before about he, how he grew up an Iowa fan and he, you know, we talked to him in the summer on one of, I think our cyclone fanatic uh, town halls or something like that. And he was talking about how this is the game that he's most excited for. Cause he wants to go and play in Kinnick stadium and experience this rivalry and, you know, hopefully beat Iowa on the road. And that's the thing that I think is going to be a little bit different for Iowa State is you got a starting quarterback that understands this rivalry that really is motivated by the rivalry, you know, and uh, that should be fun. You know, I think from Iowa State's side where you get a guy who's from the state of Iowa that has that little bit of an extra edge uh, of going into this of like, yeah, this does mean a little bit more than maybe another game does. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
You mentioned the offensive line there. How did they look? How did the running game look? Obviously, Brees Hall gone. Uh, Jairo Brock is a guy that we've seen before, but not as the, the featured back. I saw yesterday uh, Matt Campbell said that Cartavius Norton, who looked good uh, in the handful of carries, he got really looked like a, a almost like a Big Ten back. Uh, he will not be available, or I guess is doubtful to play on Saturday. I guess overall, how did the running game look? How did that offensive line look uh, last week? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing you have to to take into account, you know, they didn't run the ball very well in the first half, but they also didn't really try because uh, Southeast Missouri was coming with eight, nine-man boxes, which, you know, if you watched Iowa State on film from the last two years and you're game-planning for Iowa State, like, you're going to try and stop the run. That's going to be priority number one, you know. So that's kind of when Iowa State really spread the field and they decided we're just going to try and throw the ball. But then I thought you saw in the second half where they really made a, a decision. It's like, we don't care how many people are in the box, we're going to run the ball. And that's when you saw Jirel start to really, I, I felt, you know, go to a, in, into another gear where he was able to power some things forward and, you know, make some plays where he was spinning out of tackles and, um, and driving for more yards. And, you know, I thought Eli Sanders looked pretty good in the, uh, in the few flashes that we got of him. He's a much different back than what Jirel is. Jairo's a little bit more of a, you know, put your head down and go type of guy, whereas Eli Sanders is a little bit more of that pure speed. You know, maybe I, I think you could probably think like Kane Nwangu or, or Kane Wangwu uh, being one of those guys that kind of in that mold. Um, so I think they feel good about where that room is at because they had three or four guys. I think they felt pretty confident they could put out there. Deion, Deion Silas will be available for him again as well. So, you know, obviously losing Cartavius is tough. Uh, he's a guy that had a really great fall camp. Uh, I think they're hopeful that, you know, maybe that's only a one or two week thing, but, um, you know, I think they feel good about where they're at even without them. And, and I thought, you know, everybody, all the guys that I've talked to, you know, I'm not a football expert. Like I'm not the guy that's going to sit there and dive into what was going on in the trenches, but like talking to Jeff Woody, talking to Jay Jordan, you know, Ben Bruns, those guys feel really good about where the offensive line was at coming out of, uh, out of Saturday. And, um, you know, I think everybody was really happy with what Trevor Downing did in his first game playing the center spot. You know, he's another guy that, we talked to him yesterday and I asked him, you know, about the difficulties of being able to, you know, handle the noise and all that stuff in, in his first game playing center going to uh, on a hostile, you know, going to a hostile environment. And, um, you know, he talked a lot. He said that that's something that's going to be a, a huge focus this week. He talked a lot about how they're going to have to practice coming out from deep in their own territory. We all know what Tory Taylor can do. And um, so I think that that group is, you know, I think they felt like they're in as good a spot as they've been coming out of week one. Uh, but, again, this is a much bigger test than what they had to face last week coming up on Saturday as well. Moving to the other side of the ball defensively for Iowa State, we know that Will McDonald is back. We know he's a force that, that Iowa's going to have to deal with, and Iowa's not great on the offensive line either. And uh, if, you, if you didn't know, they have a quarterback who doesn't handle pressure very well. So uh, that's certainly a concern for Iowa. But beyond that, uh, again, it's kind of the, the, the topics certainly of the offseason in these first early weeks for Iowa State, they lost a lot, right? Guys like Mike Rose and, and others who, who are not back and, and some new faces in the secondary as well. Who should Hawkeye fans be looking for on that defense and, and overall, how, how did they look uh, Saturday? Yeah, I mean, they struggled a little bit early on, but I think they made some adjustments then as the, uh, as the game went along. I mean, they allowed only like 40 yards of total offense in the second half, so they, they really buckled down and they played a lot of guys, so they were rotating people in and out a lot as well, but 
Uh, man, I mean, I think when you guys are watching Iowa State's defense, you're going to sit there and recognize a lot more names than what you probably think. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys that are are maybe were, you know aren't weren't stars by before by any means, but people like Isaiah Lee, who's started a lot of games for Iowa State at the nose guard position. Orion Vance is back at the Mike linebacker spot. Gary, uh, Jerry Vaughn has played a lot for Iowa State over the last several years. Um, and then obviously Anthony Johnson, you've got him playing safety now, you know, a three-time All-Big 12 cornerback. They really like the four guys they've got playing the corner spots with Miles Purchase, TJ Tampa, uh, Tavon Kyle, and Darian Porter. Uh, you know, obviously people in West or in Eastern Iowa are very familiar with what Darian is able to do and uh, the kind of athleticism he brings to the table with uh, with his length and speed. But um, I think they felt really good about what that that group did on Saturday. I think they really liked the youth they have. One name I will throw out there for you guys is someone that I expect you'll you'll probably hear his name called quite a bit is Bo Freeler. Uh, he plays the middle safety spot, which is kind of the position that uh, Ishim Young has played over the last several years for Iowa State. And obviously, Ishim was a, a, a pretty good player, and uh, you know he was starting to have to split snaps with Bo last year. And went into the transfer portal, is now playing at Ole Miss. But uh, you know, Bo has, has been huge for Iowa State's defense over you know the end, the second half of last season. The other day, he was really good. He had 15 tackles in that game against Clemson in the Cheez It Bowl. So he's someone that I think. You know, it, it's someone that's a little bit new that Iowa fans haven't seen. 17 will certainly be a number to keep an eye on uh, on Saturday at Kinnick Stadium. All right, man. Uh, you know, logically, I think Cyclone fans should feel good about this game based on what they saw from their own team on Saturday and then certainly based on what you saw from Iowa's offense on Saturday. And anybody in this state has probably heard a lot about Iowa's offense over the last couple of days. It's really been the topic of conversation. Uh, even over on like the Cyclone Fanatic podcast where I, I listened to you guys talking with uh, Scott Docterman, and that was a fantastic uh, episode. I, I recommend any Hawkeye fan, anybody to go and listen to that. Really, I, I listen to you and Jeff Woody every week. Uh, he's such a good football mind uh, and you guys do such a nice job on that show but uh, we know that you throw logic out a little bit with this game and, and emotion comes into it. And, uh, and so I guess what's, you know, three days into this week, what's your kind of general sense of how fans are feeling about this game? Do, do, do they feel confident uh, or is it still kind of braced for the unknown, the you know lack of turnovers from Iowa, the, the mistakes made by Iowa State, and somehow Iowa will get out of there with a 5-3 to three win? What, what's the overall sense in the fan base about this game? I think it's probably a mix. I mean, I, I definitely get the sense that people are really nervous. And it it's kind of weird because, I don't know, like, I, I'm i not that nervous. Like, I think Iowa State is poised to – I mean, I just feel like this group has, like, a vibe about them. I'm like, man, I could see this team going to Iowa City and win. You know, and, like, I don't know – Again, there's a lot to it, you know, and as the week goes on, I'll probably feel horrible Saturday morning driving over to Iowa City and be like this. I'm go- it feel like, feels like I'm going to a funeral, you know, or something like that. But, uh, I mean, I think a lot of fans are, are leery of it because of, of what you said. Like, it, would it shock me at all if Spencer Petras came out on Saturday and looked like an All-American? No. It wouldn't. I mean, I, I I halfway expect that to happen at this point. So, uh, I think uh, people are uh, – are cautiously optimistic where they're still trying to protect the possibility of getting their hopes hurt or getting their feelings hurt, you know, or your hopes 
dashed. So I don't know. It should be fun though. It's a it's a funny feeling when like everybody is tense about it because I feel the same thing inside the Iowa fan base where it's like there's some cautious optimism in that hey Iowa's kind of had their number. Uh, you really like the defense and the special teams and the the kind of uh, home field advantage that Iowa has, but. Uh, can Iowa's offense put up any points? Um, and and kind of the the longer these streaks go for Iowa uh, with you know Iowa State, Minnesota, Nebraska, the worse it's going to be when they finally end, and they, they will end at some point. Uh, and so I think Iowa fans are just kind of braced for that as well. It's it's this funny feeling where both sides are pretty tense about this game. Uh, outside of the fan base, though. I know Matt Campbell's going to say this just just every you know like every other game. I know he had some comments yesterday. They're, they're you know the kind of comments you'd expect about a game like this. A handful of years ago, Kirk Ferentz finally admitted that yeah, I need to take this game more seriously. It does mean more to our fan base. How big is this game for Matt Campbell? How big would a win be to kind of check that box? Maybe the the last box he has to check as Iowa State's coach. Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly would be huge in that sense where people would, you know we hope Matt Campbell's not going to leave. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying if Matt Campbell were to leave, it's like, you can't sit there and say that the man didn't do everything that he possibly could have set out to do at Iowa state, you know, and, and to, uh, besides win a conference championship, I'd be like, and again, that's something that's like, can you hold someone to that standard when it hasn't been done in a hundred years, you know? So it, that would, I think it certainly, I think would be big for him in that sense. But I think, too, you know, someone asked Anthony Johnson a question uh, yesterday just about that generally, where it's like, do you guys feel added motivation to get a win for Coach Campbell in this game because he's never had that? I can read this exact quote to you. His answer was, man, I don't know about that. So I don't, you know, I, I don't think that it's something that, that people are like, oh, we have to go and win for Coach Campbell, you know, but uh I mean, everybody on both sides would be lying to you if they said it didn't mean a little bit more, Absolutely. you know, that, it, that this game doesn't mean more. So it's just, it's one of those things where no one's going to come out and say, yeah, it means more, but I mean, everybody knows, like, we're not done. You know, it is what it is. And, Absolutely. and it's, uh, it should be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, it's kind of nice when they finally do admit it. You know, like I remember last year after, you know, walking off the field after a win, uh, Kirk Ferentz on the TV broadcast was asked something. I don't remember exactly what the, the wording was, but something about, hey, you were the less hyped team. And he's like, oh, yeah, how about that? You know, it's like you can tell it, there's a little more stink on it for everybody in this game. And, and a lot of times that doesn't come out till after the game and after a team wins, but uh, it, it is fun. And that, that is the fun part about this. Are you softening in your Cyhawk stance now that you're boys with J-Bo? Oh man, I don't know. Let's not get carried away here. Uh, I, you know this. Like I, I like. I'm not one of those people that's going to judge no. people off who no. they're a fan of, unless they give me a reason to. You know. So, uh, Jabo is man. It's been a lot of fun getting to know him. He's a cool dude, man. We we've been having a lot of fun getting to record that podcast. So That's awesome. yeah, I'm looking forward to Jared yeah, and Jabo on, on Iowa everywhere, and then everything Jared does is at CycloneFanatic.com. And and again, honestly, like I'm I'm a Patreon of Cyclone Fanatic. I, I really enjoy the content you guys put out, uh, even when you're not talking about my Iowa Hawkeyes. So uh, so check out Jared, uh, and thank you, man. I appreciate your time here today. Yep, I appreciate it, man, and we'll talk to you soon. 
All right, that's a pretty confident Jerry St- Jared Stansberry. Should be a pretty confident Iowa State fan base and Iowa State team, I think. Uh, maybe cautiously optimistic, uh, as I am. You know, I- I'm not as confident going into this game as I would have been had Iowa looked really good last Saturday, but I, I still think Iowa has a really good chance of winning this game. You know, if you, you don't hurt yourself with penalties and turnovers, uh, I can't imagine the offense is going to look worse than it looked pretty much all season. Uh, so you, you expect an uptick there. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Spencer Petras doesn't, you know, isn't an all-world player, but I think the offense should look a little bit better. Hopefully Gavin Williams will be out there to play. Hopefully some of these receivers uh, with another week under their belt. Uh, we'll, we'll get ready to go. Hopefully the offensive line will be able to gel a little bit more. There's a lot on that offense uh, that, that needs work, and so we'll see if any of that is done, and if not, we'll see if the defense and special teams are able to pull out another win. Uh, but you know these games are always weird. They're always wild. They're always fun for the most part. Uh, and again, hopefully this streak continues and that Cyhawk trophy uh, can stay where it belongs in Iowa City. We'll have this game covered from all angles as we always do. Uh, Thursday night we have the HawkeyeNation.com radio show on KXNO and that'll be here on your podcast feed as well. I'll chat with Joe Schmelka, uh, maybe get Trent Condon involved in that. It's always a good time. Thank you so much for listening and go Hawks!